Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Glad you're with us. Wish I were in Hawaii. (laughs) That's where the postcard is from today. Aloha from Hawaii. Uh, This is from Stephen, Aaron, Brady, and Logan Knox. Uh, But uh, don't get your hopes up because Knox family lives in Cincinnati, Ohio, just vacationing in Hawaii. And happy anniversary to uh, Stephen and Aaron. Thanks for listening to uh, the podcast. means a lot to me. Appreciate you being on board ever since our Mark series. Hey, uh, if you'd like to go back, uh, if you just go to KurtSkelly.com or go to FaithVA.org, you can see all of our past episodes. We've done a number of books of the Bible. So say, for instance, you're just studying a book of the Bible like Luke or Acts or Exodus or whatever, you can find that book of the Bible on the podcast archives and maybe use it as a companion as you read uh, that book of the Bible. So just a resource for you if you'd like. Thanks for listening to the current series in Jeremiah. We're in Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse number 9. So if you would uh, take a moment and find your location there in Jeremiah 6 and verse 9, let me go ahead uh, by begin uh, by beginning to read at verse 9. Uh, where the Bible says, "Thus saith the Lord of hosts," and when you see when you see that that uh, qualifier in the Old Testament of hosts, that means the Lord of the army, the Lord of battle, uh, the Lord uh, that is uh, the conqueror, and so it's a it's a word of authority, it's a word of of military authority. So the Bible says, "Thus saith the Lord of hosts," they shall. Thoroughly, or we would say today, thoroughly, glean the remnant of Israel as a vine, turn back thine hand as a grape gatherer into the baskets. What imagery? So remember, the, the context here is that God is going to allow a foreign entity, in this case Babylon, to judge God's people. Now, this is all by the permission of God. God is in charge. It's not that Babylon is stronger than God. It's that God is using Babylon as a tool to to chastise his own people. And the imagery is that they will so thoroughly invade and upset the people of God, it'll be like a grape gatherer who gleans grapes. So the gleaning of any particular harvest, whether it be the vine, as in grapes, or a barley or a wheat harvest, the gleaning was the last part. So there was the first fruits, uh, there was the main harvest, uh, there, and then the gleanings, when people would actually come through at the end of the season and whatever remains, maybe one grape or a couple grapes on a particular vine or just a few things that are left. And so that nothing would be left over. The gleaning was the picking of every last piece. See the imagery? The imagery is the judgment of God will be so complete, it'll be like the gleanings of grapes. Look at verse number 10. To whom shall I speak? 
and give warning that they may hear. So who's listening, says Jeremiah? Who who can I talk to that will take me up on my warning that these days are coming? And the imagery that he uses here in verse number 10 is astounding because the Bible says, behold, their, their ear is uncircumcised. Now, obviously, circumcision doesn't refer to the ear. Uh, circumcision was actually a, a physical thing. Uh, but circumcision was more than that. Circumcision really was symbolic of the covenant that God made with his people. So often in the Bible, circumcision was used metaphorically to speak of having a circumcised heart or circumcised lips. In other words, that you have a heart and attitude that's bent toward obeying God, keeping covenant promise with God. And what the Bible says here is your ears are uncircumcised. In other words, you have no heart to honor your commitments to God. You have no heart to obey your side of the covenant with God. What a sad thing. So your ears are uncircumcised. And they cannot hearken. They can't listen because they're not bent toward God. They're not listening for God. It's kind of like a mom who has a natural heart for her children. And, you know, you'll be sitting in the living room and, and just having a conversation. And, and all of a sudden, mom will say, what's wrong? And dad will think, what are you talking about? The other people in the room might be thinking, what are you talking about? But mom hears the voice of a child, a crying child in the other room. Why? Because a mother's ears are attuned to that voice. And what the Bible is teaching here is that the ears of God's people were uncircumcised. They weren't attuned to hearing the voice of God. It wasn't that God wasn't speaking. It was that they weren't hearing and their their frequency was not tuned into uh, the, the tone of God. What, what a sad thing. And the Bible says in verse number 10 again, that behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach. They have no delight in it. But when they hear the word of God, they don't, they don't see it for what it is. They don't see it as a loving and gracious warning from God. They see it only as, oh, that's negative, and I don't want to hear that, and that just makes me feel bad, and I don't want to go to church, and I don't want to hear the Bible, and it's all just so negative to me. It's a reproach to them. And therefore, instead of hearing the Word of God, they just kind of stop their ears up, and, and they don't hear it to their detriment. Verse number 11, the Bible says, therefore, I am full of the fury of the Lord. This is Jeremiah's testimony. I am full of the fury of the Lord. That's a great statement because too often in ministry and in life, uh, we're just full of our own anger. We're upset because something has not gone our way, or we take disobedience of the people that, that call us leader. We take it personally. We get mad. And the Bible says that the wrath of man worketh not, produces not uh, the righteousness of God. But Boy, it's a great thing when we're we're close to the Lord and we feel his passion. And, and that's what Jeremiah is saying here. It's the fury of the Lord uh, that has uh, that has filled me. Uh, I am weary with holding in. I've got to say something. I've got to preach this message. I have to speak up for the Lord. I will pour it out upon the children abroad, upon the assembly of young men together, for even the husband with the wife shall be taken and the, the aged with him that is full of days. 
David, uh, not David, I don't know where that came from, but Jeremiah is saying here, while the, the judgment of God that's being pronounced through my lips, it's the word of God being communicated through me, is uh, so serious that there's coming a day when no one's going to escape uh, the, the this voice of judgment. Uh, it's going to affect young married couples. It's going to affect the, the aged. Uh, there's no respect of persons with the Lord. Uh, this is a wholesale disobedience that the nation is rendering toward God. And nobody is going to be the exception to the rule. Verse number 12 their houses shall be turned into others with their fields and wives together. For I will stretch out mine hand upon the inhabitants of the land, saith the Lord. It's going to be complete and utter destruction. All of this is in the vein of the metaphor that we began today with. And that is like a grape gleaner that's picking every last grape. God's judgment, God's chastisement on his people will be without respect of persons. It'll be complete and utter. It'll be sudden. It is sure. Uh, These are the themes that we're learning in these chapters here in the book of Jeremiah. For from the least of them, even unto the greatest of them, see that reiterating of uh, there is no respect of persons with God, from the least of them to the greatest of them, Everyone is given to covetousness, and from the prophet even unto the priest, everyone dealeth falsely. So why will God deal with the poor and the rich the same? Why will God deal with the young couple and the aged people the same? Why is there this wholesale chastisement and punishment of God's people? Well, the Bible gives us the reason why here, and that is because they're all guilty of the same thing. The Bible says, from the least to the greatest, even the priests and the prophets, they're all guilty of covetousness. They're all dealing falsely, not being honest, taking advantage of uh, their neighbors. And so because they're all guilty of the same root sins, they are all going to be subject to the same chastisement of the Lord. You know, covetousness is the root problem. Uh, the Bible talks about there in First uh, Timothy chapter six that godliness with contentment is great gain. So, which while some uh, uh, the Bible talks about the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after they have heir of the faith. See, it's not money that's the issue. It's not stuff that's the issue. It's not your social status that's the issue. You know, God gives some people more than others. And some people live in rich countries. Some live in poor countries. Uh, some are born into money. Some don't have two nickels to rub together. It really doesn't make a difference what you have. That's not a measure of your godliness. No, it's a matter of your heart. I've known rich people that are very content and use what God has given them to bless others. I know poor people that are very discontent and vice versa. I know poor people that are very content and rich people that are very discontent because contentment is a heart issue. Covetousness is a heart issue. Jesus said, take heed and beware of covetousness for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. 
It was covetousness, by the way, that was the convicting sin in Paul's life. Remember Paul's testimony in Romans chapter seven, when he said, except the law had said, thou shalt not covet, I never would have known I was a sinner. Because Paul was under the, under the, the, the delusion that somehow he did keep the commandments, that he was good in the sight of God, that he did obey fastidiously the Mosaic law. But the Bible says that when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. Except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. He gives testimony in Romans 7, I would not have known I was a sinner. Why? Because covetousness is a heart level sin. And Paul knew that while I can keep the law on the outside, at least somewhat, and fool others or make other people think I'm righteous, I know on the inside, I am far from the righteousness of God. Let's hurry to the last couple of verses here. Verse number 14, they have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. And what that verse means is the way they have dealt with their sin is in a light way, in a slight way. And the way they deal with sin is, oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Peace, peace. It's going to be okay. God's not that mad. mad. Judgment won't come. It's like a parent uh, when, a, when a child gets a, a cut that says, blows on it and says, oh, it's okay. No, it's all better now. It's fake. And that's what was happening in Jeremiah's day. The prophets, the religious leaders were saying, no, no, it's not a big deal. God's not upset. Uh the, the judgment will not come. The temple will not be destroyed. Jeremiah is just uh, overreacting. And of course, uh, it was not true. They were saying peace, peace, but there was no peace. Last verse I'll read, verse number 15. Were they not ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. Therefore, they shall fall among them that fall. At the time that I visit them, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. See what the Lord's saying? The Lord's saying, this people, they're not listening. This people, they're not seeing. This people, they have heart issues. These people are sinning and continue to sin as if nothing bad will happen. Peace, peace, peace. There is no peace. And they're not ashamed. They're not blushing. They've just become accustomed to and even proud of their sinful ways. Boy, that's a people ripe for judgment. Take heed lest we also fall. I hope that helps today. Tomorrow we'll jump into the very famous verse number 16. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.